0: Pastor Adam Levecki here. This is a sermon live from Rescue Church. We hope it blesses you. Thank you. It's good to see everybody, hallelujah. I haven't been here for a little while and uh, there's new faces and there's old faces and it's just really good to reconnect with everybody. Yeah. So God supernaturally gave me a message Uh, Actually, he didn't give me the message. He just told me what to talk about. And it's Psalm 22. So Psalm 22 is a psalm written by David. And it's about Jesus. And I was wondering, I said, how did David write a psalm about somebody who was going to live 400 years after him? I mean, how did David get his head in to that place? And uh, I still don't have the answer. But we're going to read Psalm 22. So if you have a Bible, turn with me. To the chief musician set to the deer of of dawn, a Psalm of David, my God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? Now this is how Jesus felt from this time in the garden all the way through to the end of his life, the first end of his life. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? So Jesus was talking to God all the time. And he says, God, you're so far away. I don't even, he'll he'll say it. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. So Jesus is reminding himself of all the people who talked to God and God delivered them. So even though God hasn't delivered him, he says, hey, God, you know, all these people cried to you and they got delivered. Come on. Amen. Amen. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like God is not helping you? Have you ever felt, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you don't hear? I'm crying in the nighttime, but you're not doing anything. God, I'm crying, but I haven't got an answer. That's how Jesus felt. That's how we feel. Anybody not felt like that? <laughs> but our fathers trusted in you and were delivered. Hallelujah. Our fathers trusted in you and they got delivered. So what does that mean? It means God hears them sooner or later. <laughs> There's something, they keep crying, keep crying, keep crying, but God delivers, hallelujah. Why is it God's way and not my way? Hey God, this is how I want to get delivered, and God goes, I got a plan, you're going to make it, hallelujah, but it's not our plan, it's not, God's not doing what we ask, he's doing what he's decided to do, and we come out all right. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man. Have anybody ever felt like that? In front of God, especially. I I am small. A reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let Him rescue Him. Let Him deliver Him, since He delights in Him. How many people have testified what God has done in your life and then have people say, Okay, let God deliver Him now. He needs... He needs help, but I'm not going to help him. Let God help him. Jesus was getting that too. But I am a worm, not a man. He trusted in the Lord, and they said, Let God deliver him. Hallelujah. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth, From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. So Jesus remembers that he has been God's son all of his entire life. From the moment he was born, even before he was born, the Bible says that God knits our bones and our bodies together in the womb. God knows what he's doing. He makes us in our mother's womb. And when we come out, he takes care of us. Hallelujah. You know, we think babies just live. But God takes care of babies. God loves babies. God takes care of them from the moment of their birth. Hallelujah. Strong bulls of Bashan. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. Bashan is the place on the east side of the Jordan where the children of uh, Manasseh lived, and they had a lot of healthy bulls and uh, cattle. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. All my bones, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot sherd. That's a piece of broken pottery. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. So Jesus is telling God, Look, I'm about to die. I am ready to go. I am at the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet, Jesus. I can count all my bones, Jesus. They look and stare at me, Jesus. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. That's in all four Gospels. They divided his garments among them, and his tunic, which was uh, like his long underwear, was made out of one piece of woven cloth. So they said, let's not rip it. Let's cast lots to see who gets this one. (laughs) it was a nice tunic they divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots so David was really dialed in to what was happening 400 years later in the life of Jesus but you Lord do not be far from me Oh my strength hasten to help me Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. Now, how many people's Bible says unicorn? Okay, so the the wild oxen appears three times in the Bible and it's talking about a rhinoceros. So what... Is a rhinoceros make you think of? A unicorn. A rhinoceros only has one horn in the front. I have a story about a rhinoceros. My wife Ann and I went to South Africa and uh, we went to Kruger National Park and it's, it's like great adventure. You drive around in your car, only it's the size of New Jersey. So it's really a long drive. And we stayed there nine days and drove around from place to place. And you're not allowed to get out of your car because, you know, they don't feed the animals. <laughs> the animals eat whatever they can get, which would include people if they're walking around so they have places to stay and so the places to stay are fenced in and it's not fenced in to keep the people in it's to keep the animals out so none of the animals can get through the fences except for monkeys so so ann was cooking dinner one night and she had i don't know i think it was a green what zucchini yeah and and uh the, the place, the kitchen was outside. And, and so she went inside for a minute and came back and the zucchini was gone. A monkey had come down out of a tree, grabbed the zucchini and headed back up the tree. That was good. Yeah, so... Uh, after we'd been there for about a week, we started to realize that you could go on a morning walk with, with guards. And uh, we thought, wow, that sounds really cool, because we've been in our car. And you know you can't get out of your car, and, and like the windows have to be rolled up. And a morning walk sounds really like an exciting thing. And uh, so we're going to get up at dawn and walk around with a couple of guards. And, and so we signed up. And, and that night, Ann got sick. I mean, she got really sick, uh, throwing up the whole thing. And uh, so when the alarm goes off at 4 AM, I get up fine. And Ann goes, I can't go. <laughs> so it's just me. So I drive over there, and I meet the two guards. And, and I'm thinking there's gonna be like a dozen people. No, it's just Mac <laughs> and the two guards. So we, we go walking around, and, and we, we, well, first we drive out, you know, about 10 miles, and then park the vehicle, and we start walking. And uh, I have a backpack that they gave me, which has got snacks. You know, uh, and and uh, they're each carrying a rifle, and so uh, he goes, "See this depression? That's made by a white rhino. Uh, you know, they they do that to mark their territory." And then uh, a little bit later, he said, "Oh, see this see this scat? That's rhino scat." And uh, and I still hadn't figured out what was going on. Anyway, then we get to a footprint. He goes, see that footprint? That's a rhino footprint. Right about now, I start going, there may be a rhino (laughs) 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 around here. And then, then one of them goes, oh, there's a rhino about 350 yards up that way. And the other one goes, wrong. It's two rhinos. So it's a mom rhino and, and a teenage rhino. This is not like a little nine-year-old half-sized boy. This is like football player, <laughs> size kid. So So we're walking along. And, and the terrain is kind of like soccer fields. You ever, uh, you know, go to a high school or a college and they got a bunch of fields? You know, and uh, so it was wide open, but every once in a while there'd be a bush or or a foliage or something. But there, it wasn't a forest. Okay, it was it was pretty much wide open, and uh, so we're walking along, and all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. We didn't. We were single file. We weren't talking. You couldn't take a picture. You couldn't look through binoculars unless one of the guards said, you can do that. So we were being very quiet. And boom, the rhinos, rhinoceros charged. And they charged from 350 yards away. And you know, a rhinoceros can go pretty quick, quicker than a guy on a bicycle. and. Uh, <laughs> So these two rhinoceros were running right for us. So the, the guard grabs me by the bicep, and we head over toward a, a piece of foliage. And, and it, was, it was a bush. And there was kind of a tree sticking out of it, but it wasn't a lot of wood. It wasn't something you could climb. And, and the bush was about the size of a, a car. So let's say it was a Cadillac or an SUV or whatever. Call it a big bush. But with a rhino, it wasn't that big. And you certainly couldn't take protection behind it. So we start running around the bush, and the rhino starts running after us. And it's chasing us. Now, these two guards, they were really smart because they stayed really close to the bush. And Mac, this is the first time I ever got chased by, by a rhino. So I'm going a little bit wide. And now the rhino is right behind me, like three feet behind me. And the Holy Ghost says, Mac, it's time to yell. Now, these guys have been going, aye, 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 aye. Ay. That seemed to be whatever people in that neighborhood used to yell at rhinos. But the rhino just hadn't been getting the message. So they're going, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> and, uh, oh and I go, Lord, I got about one yell left. And then I'm going to get stomped. And it's going to be a good one. So I go, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> And the two rhinos turned 90 degrees and charged. And 20, 25 seconds later, there's no one there, no rhinos. Everything's quiet. <laughs> and divine protection. Yes, thank you. That is the next verse. You have answered me. In the middle of Psalm 22. It says, you have answered me. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild rhinoceros. You have answered me. God answered Jesus. God answered David. God answered me. When we call on God, he delivers us. And we don't know how it's going to happen. And so... (laughs) So... (laughs) Anyway, so when I got back that morning, and goes how was it? And I'm going, oh man, am I glad you weren't there. <laughs> I told her this story, but uh, yeah. So God delivers, and that is, right. and now the psalm changes completely. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all you offspring of Israel. So I felt like if Anybody wanted to hear about Jesus, I could tell them because I had been chased by the rhino and God delivered me. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit told me to yell. I yelled and the rhino charged in a different direction. Hallelujah. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. Hallelujah. So Jesus, that's what we tell people about Jesus. He went to the cross. He thought he was a worm. He thought God wasn't going to answer him. He thought, God, I talk to you all day long, and I don't hear a thing. I talk to you all night long, and I don't hear a thing. How many of us have felt like that? We all feel like that. The devil fights with every single one of us about Christianity, about what's going on in our lives, and it just seems like God is not there. But I want you to know that each one of us comes out looking glorious. When we look back at our life, we go glory to glory to glory. We keep coming through. I don't know how it happens. We keep coming through because we have a God who has a plan and we keep coming through when we follow not our plan, but his plan. And we don't follow too well either. (laughs) That's how come we have to keep yelling to God, hey God, hey God, hey God, hey God. And finally, when we, we get to the place where he can say something and it'll make a difference, everything works. Hallelujah. And if you think about the church, it started with 500 people after Jesus was uh, ascended to heaven after 40 days. And now I believe i read that almost half of planet Earth is believing in God as Christians. And so the church keeps coming up. But if you look at one church, the pastor did this, you know, like, the, the, like they're turned upside down, all the people are leaving. Like, it just, it's, it's just like Christians. Churches struggle. There's tests, there's trials. And, and what's God doing about it? Well, he has a plan and his plan works. Hallelujah! You know, there's. I have another story. Uh, there was a guy; he's probably still alive, Dave Roberson, and and he's a preacher. And he's. This is back in like 1980, so 40 years ago, and. Uh, so, I heard about Dave Roberson, and we went to one of his meetings, and. Uh, He was a cool preacher and he preached on praying in tongues and and he really preached on praying in tongues. In fact, he said that he got this bowling alley in uh, Washington State, Medford, Oregon maybe it was. Oregon, not Washington. Anyway, he got a bowling alley and that's where he was going to have meetings. And in the bowling alley, there was a, a popcorn stand snack bar, whatever you want to call it. And it was just a little closet on the wall. And he said every day he would come to the bowling alley and go in that closet and pray in tongues for the whole day. And he'd just pray there. And he'd pray, and he'd pray, and he'd pray. And after like a few months, things started happening. He started having meetings. And and now here he was in New Jersey, and he's telling us this story. And I got really moved. I got, I got moved. And so I decided that I was going to tithe my time. So if there's 24 hours in a day, that's two hours and 40 minutes. Now, in case you don't know, it's not really two hours and 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> because there's only 60 minutes in an hour. So you can't just like. But anyway, it's 116 minutes. Uh, so. I decided, well, I had kids, A, so I couldn't miss being home after work, because that's when I got to see my kids. And uh, I couldn't miss work, <laughs> so so I decided I'm going to get up at 2 a.m. and pray till 4.40 for two hours and 40 minutes every day. So. In in our house, we had a basement, and in the basement, there was a room. And I don't know, it was like a storage room. It wasn't very big. It was probably about the size of this right here, only it had a brick wall and another brick wall. That was the edge of the house. Then a wooden wall, and on that wall, there was a door. So I would go in there and pray in tongues, and uh, I would. Mostly, I would walk around in a circle. And I would just pray in tongues, and walk in a circle. And and amazing thing happened. The assistant pastor at our church decided that he was into deliverance, so he was going to learn about deliverance. This all happened in two weeks. And so he learns about deliverance. And then the next thing I hear is he's made a list. And these are all the people <laughs> that he's gonna minister deliverance to. So I wasn't anywhere near the list. I, I'm, I'm, anyway, so so after two weeks of praying in tongues, and like I am so tired. You realize, like, I am stealing two hours and 40 minutes from my sleep every night. And now it's gone on for two weeks. I mean, if I if I went like that, I would fall asleep. <laughs> it was so tempting to just lean on the wall. But I knew that phew, I would be out as soon as I stopped moving. So I had to walk. I had to pray in tongues, move my hands. It wasn't heated down there, either. And so so uh, after two weeks, I bounced mm, all the way to the top of his list. <laughs> he came over to my house, and I got delivered from a, a megalomaniac spirit, whatever that is. Anyway, so, so. And, and then I decided, you know, this praying in tongues thing is over. <laughs> so I prayed in tongues for two weeks and got delivered from a heavy spirit that I didn't need. Hallelujah. And, you know, before I even started, nobody was doing any deliverance in our church And before I even started, nobody even thought that Mac had a demon. (laughs) But I prayed in tongues for two weeks and boom, somebody came over and, and took it out. So hallelujah. So, you know, we don't understand how God is going to work in our lives, but From our mother's womb, we have been in his hands. He has been taking care of us. He got us born again. He led us every step along the way. Somebody told us about Jesus, and we said, sure, I'll do that. And, you know, we just get closer and closer and closer. And so I want to encourage you. God loves you. God is with you, God is going to answer you, and maybe not in the way you expected, <laughs> but he will be there, and he has a plan for your life, and your life will be better, and it will come up, and you will learn why you're on planet Earth, and God will show you what he wants you to do with your life, and he will And then you can praise God. Hallelujah. Then you can do what it says after you answered me. Hallelujah. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. When you praise God, it's it's like I am here. God delivered me, and you can praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations shall worship before you, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. So this is what happens after Jesus goes to the cross. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. I meditated on that. I don't really know what it means. (laughs) But, you know, I'm sure David and Jesus know what it means. And uh, all posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has done this. Hallelujah. So Jesus has done it. Jesus went to the cross. And because he went to the cross, we can go through things also. Hallelujah. Because Jesus trusted God, we can trust God. God is entirely trustworthy. He's there for us. It's not so clear where we're going to meet God. But if we stick with God and pray and call upon Him, He will deliver us. Hallelujah. And so that's that's my message to you today, that you're trusting in the right God. He will deliver you. And I have testimonies. How many people here have testimonies? Thank you, Jesus. We all have testimonies. God is good, and he takes care of each one of us. Let's all stand, and I'm going to just lead us in a prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we lift up our hearts to you, and we say, Lord, save us. Save us, Lord. Save us again. Save us more. Lord, we need you. We have problems. We don't know what our next job is. We don't know what our medical situation is. We have rent problems, we have housing problems, we have car problems, we have church problems, but Lord, you have the answer to every problem, hallelujah, Lord, you will deliver us, Lord, we have children problems, hallelujah, Lord, how are we going to raise kids, Father, we thank you that you have the answers to all the questions in our life. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we lift our hands now and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. You will deliver me. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv invite.